Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode deals with serious and distressing content. Listener discretion is advised. So as I was getting shot, we had um, there some mirrors in the room and I could see my face being torn apart. The walls were covered in blood. My face was bloody. He took five bullets to his face, the top of his head and through his front teeth. James Myers says he's either incredibly lucky or bulletproof. This is How I Survived. Stories of everyday people and how they survived against the odds. I'm your host, Beth Young. I just thought, you know, am I going to die or what? I mean, I, I look back at it now and I thought, you know, how did I ever survive that? I think that I probably survived for a reason. How I Survived It was meant to be a quiet Saturday night for James Myers. Dinner, then a few drinks around the telly with the girl he was seeing, Natasha her sister Rebecca, and her boyfriend Luke. But for James, something didn't feel quite right. It felt really weird. It felt like someone was outside the house. So anyhow, I I shrugged it off. It's just like like a weird feeling, like more the presence of somebody. Thinking it was just paranoia, James settled in to watch a movie. When it was finished, he and Natasha went to bed while Rebecca and Luke sprawled out on the couch. So it was about 12 o'clock, we all, we all nod off, and then um, roughly 2am in the morning, I hear this bang, and I thought, shit, that was pretty, you know, that was pretty loud. Not much of it, but within seconds, a second shot, and I thought, shit, that's, in, that's inside the house. Before I knew it, the door gets busted open, from the room that I was staying in and a, a bloke charges into the room with a rifle and he had a hoodie over his head. Next moment, I, I could just feel really hot, blunt objects hit me in the face. The, the pain was so intense. It literally felt like a hot metal poker that you'd use to stoke a fire, punching through your face at a ridiculous speed. I'm not too sure exactly where they hit in what order because at this particular time you think well i have no idea what's going on i'm just gonna die but james had an advantage a kickboxer he dumped his kit by the bed inside was a martial arts fighting stick james would have to fight for his life i saw my bag and i grabbed a stick and i reached for it and without thinking i sprung to my feet and i charged at him with like everything that i had while getting shot. It's amazing how people can react in such a situation. Like the whole fight or flight, you know, and this particular time I was like, I'm going to fight for my life because I'm not going to just lay there and get shot. I'm going to literally fight for my life. I want to see my son again. And that's all that could really go through my head. Like I thought, I do not want to die right here, right now. And um, as I got up, deep down inside, was if if I had the chance I'm going to kill him before he kills me. 
he fired around, I had a swing. I'm pretty sure I hit him in the forearm. That wasn't 100% accurate due to the fact that I had blood in my eyes and it was really, really hard to see. I had blood coming out of my neck. <clears throat> my heart was failing. He backed out into the corridor. We started exchanging rounds and it got to a point like I just, like, you know what, just fucking shoot me. And he did. <laughs> he just kept on shooting. I'm like, <laughs> I was kind of more to the point like, okay, you can stop now because it really fucking hurts. But obviously I'm bleeding out and I'm about to die. And um, he must have run out of bullets. So he took off down the hallway to the back of the house. It was over in a blink of an eye. L- literally, the whole thing was over in a blink of an eye. From from start to finish, would have been within minutes. Two minutes max, three minutes tops. James had been shot five times. And he couldn't help but wonder, why him? Turns out his gut feeling had been right. Someone had been casing the house that night. Natasha's ex-boyfriend of nine years, Barry Pobji. They'd split up eight months earlier and she'd taken out a domestic violence order against him. So, Pobji got drunk and wielding a fully loaded .22 calibre pump-action rifle, waited until the lights went out. Then, around 2am, he broke in and shot the first bloke he found twice in the back of the head. He breaks in, you know, he might have taken a little bit to go down the corridor, pitch black dark. He turns the light on because apparently he's been in the house before, so he knows where everything is. Luke and Beck, obviously asleep. Luke cops two in the back of the head while he's asleep. That's pretty, pretty fucking weak in anyone's books. When I stepped out to the lounge room, I poked my head around the corner expecting to be shot again. I saw Barry had gone down to the back of the house to even reload the gun. But what I see is the lights had been turned on. Luke had rolled off the lounge onto the floor. I literally thought Luke was dead for sure. Like, the guy's, he was was gone. But deep down, I was kind of like, you know what, if he didn't get shot first, I probably would have never gotten up. Like, I would have never had that extra bit of time to wake up, and I too could have been dead. The girls didn't have a scratch on them. While they frantically called the ambulance, James reached for his phone. I have a son who is um, lucky to be two. Um, is, is, you know, being a baby, he may, like, he, you know, he would not understand. Um, but... I had to bring my ex-missus and say, can you please wake up my son? I've um, just been shot multiple times. I need to say goodbye because I think I'm going to die. It's 2 a.m. in the morning. What do you think she would have said? Out Out of all things anyone could say, which would make perfectly good sense, is, are you drunk? I was like, what? <laughs> I thought, okay, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. Somebody rings you up and says, look, I've just been shot multiple times. I'm bleeding out. I'm going to die. Are you drunk? That makes a lot of sense. Without thinking, I, I grabbed me Samsung smartphone and um, I has got all like the, the touch fingerprint. It's your passcode. I had to keep wiping the phone 
to try and get the blood off the phone so I couldn't recognise my thumbprint. And I was able to take some photos. So literally, as I was dying, I took a couple of selfies to send to my ex-partner so she could see the the damages that had that had gone on. I was covered head to toe in blood. The, the room was just blood all through the room, blood on the floor, like all over the sheets. Um, my heart's failing at this time. She rushes into the room and wakes him up. And, uh, yeah, I got to say goodbye to me, son. You know, <clears throat> you, you, you may not understand this, but your dad will always love you, mate, no matter what. That was probably the hardest thing I had to do. When the cops arrived, they couldn't believe that James was still conscious, let alone talking. Within minutes, they'd caught his attacker, Barry Pobji, then 31. Still armed, he turned to the officers and said, You've got me now. I fucked up. The understatement of the century, Pobji was arrested. Somehow, both his victims were still breathing. In a coma, Luke's life hung in the balance. Racing them both to hospital, the paramedics were frank with James. Like Luke, his injuries were so severe, it was unlikely he'd survive the night. Like, I, I asked him straight, and I said, look, a- am I going to die or, you know? He said, yeah, Mr Morris, more than likely, he said, yeah, you are dying. You, you know, without, without anything, I was just, just calm, as a, calm as a cucumber. You, you know what? It's your, it's your last minute. <laughs> Don't waste it, you know. So I got comfortable in the bed and said, "Okay, <laughs> like I can't, I can't, you know, laugh or cry or whatever." I just thought I might as well make myself comfortable and make the most of it. I'm in the hospital, and I remember the police and everybody turning up around my bed. One of the questions that was asked to me. I think it was might have been one of the doctors or it could be one of the police. By this time, I was on the green whistle, like you know, I was I was in medication land. <laughs> well, so goes, Mister Myers, what was going through your head at the time? I was more like bullets. <laughs> so they, you know, they all kicked back and they had a bit of a laugh and they, they just they just couldn't believe that I, uh, you, you know, I could keep such a sense of humour um, in 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 such a in such a time, you know. Call it a miracle, but James did survive. He even checked himself out of hospital the very next day with three bullets still lodged under his tongue, in his forehead and behind his ear. They were just too risky to remove. But Luke faced a tougher battle. Despite being in a coma and then spending nine months in a wheelchair, he learned to walk again. Because I know deep down, if, if Luke had the chance, he would have gotten up and he would have had a he would have had a go as well, you know. But the the poor kid, like just literally, the the rounds that went into the back of his head, it it, it stumped him, you know. It, it really hit him for a six. Um, there was nothing he could do. Luke was very very lucky to survive. In 2016, more than two years after the attack. Barry Kevin Pobji of Lake Macquarie, New South Wales, was sentenced in Newcastle District Court to 20 years jail for the attempted murder of James Myers and Luke Convery. His explanation? He'd only meant to threaten James, a man he'd never met. He couldn't even remember shooting Luke. 
James hasn't forgiven Popji, but he's doing his best to move on. In a bad place, if Popji had have confided in someone, anyone, it might have been a very different story. I don't wish bad stuff upon anyone. Like, even though I got shot, like, I kind of like, man, like, he must have been going through some serious issues to do that, you know what I mean? I feel sorry for the guy. I seriously do. Sure, yeah, I am angry. Don't ever get me wrong. The world's too small. And a lot of people burying you on you, if that makes sense. We had a mutual friend. But at the end of the day, I also look at it as, yeah, you know, I'm trying to have a resolution. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to justify what had happened, really. Ideally, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And if it wasn't me getting shot, it'd be somebody else that was there. And that makes black and white sense. Since the incident, it's literally changed everything. Like, the way I look at things, life, the way I do things. Even now, I still struggle. But if I go out with the boys for a drink, my, my senses are, are really heightened. I'm not, not as relaxed and as fun as I used to be. I'm more of a bloke that just wants to make sure my mates have a good night. I remember like a bloke had a Harley Davidson or something like that and a backbite and it literally thought like, you know, at the time I was getting flashbacks. Like you, you hear loud noises, you know, it relates to gunshots, you, you know, suffer severely from PTSD. Um, anxiety, you, you name it, like, it, it was really hard to stay on top of things. From here on out, it's kind of like, you know, I try to get the most out of most days. I try to enjoy the family life and uh, spend more time with my friends. Even till now, like, sometimes I'm at a loss and uh, other days I'm like, oh, you, you know what, I could never be better. The coffee might be the worst tasting coffee in the world. I might have gone to a cafe where I've gone, you know what, that coffee is really disgusting. But I've been back there since going, you know what, it's still the same coffee, but I enjoy it more. I appreciate it because it could have been a lot worse. I didn't die. I lived. I was like Superman. <laughs> Got shot in the face and bulletproof. If you struggled with the themes in this episode, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or contact your local crisis centre. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss more incredible stories of survival. We'll bring you a new one each week. For more amazing real-life tales, pick up your copy of That's Life or visit thatslife.com.au. Next week on How I Survived. He was a nice-looking young man, looked like a college student, presented himself as a college student. He had dark curly hair dark eyes and a friendly smile and I didn't didn't feel any kind of fear and he turned in his seat and leaned in really close um, so he was almost facing me in the car and I'm thinking he's going to try to kiss me and instead he said really quietly do you know what I'm going to kill you and I didn't really think or plan an escape I just adrenaline kicked in and I just ran the opposite direction into the darkness. How I Survived Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.